to Tales, Tunes, and Tomfoolery, starring Jerry Springer with Gene Galvin and me, I am Maria Corelli. We are recorded live in front of a brilliant studio audience here in Folk School Coffee Parlor of Ludlow, Kentucky. And here we are again, ladies and gentlemen, and we have Jerry Springer. Oh, thank you. Welcome. Well, we also we also have Casey here, and just a moment ago, there was a pillow behind Casey's head. <laughs> oh man, what do you, you suddenly hide? dress up I for did, the I show? Did. He uh, hit his uh, pillow. Jerry, Jerry shamed me into making sure my pillow didn't make it into <laughs> podcast. No, that, that's cool. That's cool. Nice to, to see, see you guys you. again. How's everybody? Good to see you too. Yeah. Hey, um, last week I announced, and I want to reinforce this: our new thing on the Jerry Springer podcast. Everybody's <laughs> Facebook Live. Hey, Facebook Live. How you doing? Because um, we're also on Facebook Live. But uh, we have started a thing called Listener of the Month. It's a huge honor. And <laughs> if, you are, if you are selected as the Listener of the Month, and I just talked to uh, Craig with uh, the company that does our website, and we're going to make a big deal out of it on the website. So if you're selected as a Listener of the Month, There'll be a picture of you. You can send me a picture. And by the way, all communications is with Gene at jerryspringer.com. But I always have to remind people, Gene is spelled differently for me. You know, thank my parents for this. So instead of G-E-N-E, <laughs> it's A-E-N-E. So if you email me, Gene, J-E-N-E, at jerryspringer.com, and all you have to do is tell me why you should be the listener of the month. And the pithiest ones, the most clever ones, will get selected. And then you'll have a picture of you, one that you select and send to me, along with your pitch to me in that email. You'll be on the darn show with us. We're going to bring you on the show, and you can chat with us. And Jerry, we're going to have Jerry's people send you an autographed <laughs> picture of Jerry Springer. My oh, man. Know, we don't know. But. Oh, so you get really all be- that cool stuff. And wait, there's more. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, there isn't. That's it. But, <laughs> That's it. but here's the deal. So I put that out there, and I'm putting it out here again. And you, you guys all say, oh, nobody will want to be that. And you'll get no emails. And I, my, I had to, I currently don't have a computer anymore because my computer melted down. <laughs> it blew up my Mac computer. Oh, so, my God. And they're coming. It's bizarre. They're co- oh, by the way, mixed in there was one person that said, I love the idea of the listener of the month. I'm not interested in being that, but I'm starting a, a bus company in a small town. And I wondered if you could help me since you started the Ludlow City Bus Company. <laughs> so I'm now going to consult with that person on getting the bus company started. And by the way, you guys know the Ludlow City Bus Company failed. Oh, did it? Yeah. Oh, did I've been wondering why you don't see it now anymore? <laughs> you know what? You know what? I'm no, I'm what? no, I'm not an idiot. I did a deep dive into why it failed, and after, like, I studied it for a week. It I had no it buses. <laughs> no, there were no riders. No, no riders. Mm. 
And it finally dawned on me, if you don't have riders, you can't have a bus company. So anyway, I'm still going to help that person. But nonetheless, we have had submission for listener of the month from not only these United States of America, but we have. It's international. Yeah. Oh, it's international. Oh, I'm going to tell you how international it is. I have, and I got so taken with these submissions. There were so many. And I did. I spent hours and hours pouring yeah. through them and giving the bad news to a lot of people. Sorry, you haven't been selected. Yeah. You know, please, but keep listening, please. Yeah, please keep listening. But anyway, the first one is a listener, and this person will be on next week. And this listener is from Australia. Oh. Now, what? I just, yes, yes. And I discovered by communicating with this listener that they do in Australia speak English. I didn't know that. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> but anyway, so I'm able to communicate. Yeah. Uh, then another person, I, I had picked three. I kind of got ahead of myself and I picked three real quickly. And another one is from England. And uh, the they third speak English, English there. Yeah, yeah, they speak English there too. You're right. <laughs> Two countries in a row that speak English. We're on a roll. Now, the third one was the easiest one to select because the third one likes Bonnie. (laughs) The third one. Hey, check this out. I thought I'd call Jesus from Cuba. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Casey, you know Jesus. Well, Maria, you probably have met him, too. And Jerry, you and I and Casey. Yeah, and uh, your spouse and my spouse went to Cuba, and we got a bunch of inf- information. We did a couple podcasts about it, and Jesus was the tour guide that we got to know. And then Jesus came to the U.S. He hung out a lot with Casey. He had a party at my house. You were there, Jerry. I, Maria, were you out yeah. that? Yeah, I don't think I was. I don't think I right. ever did. I don't think she was with the... the show yet. Well, she wasn't with the show. I know, but I thought she may have been at that party. Oh, she oh, comes to all the yeah. podcast parties. We always invite her. <laughs> Thanks anyway, for the invite. Yeah. <laughs> so I called Casey, or I pardon me, I called Jesus in Cuba to say, hey, Jesus, get somebody from Cuba to send in an email <laughs> and we'll, we'll, I'll get, I'll pick them. You know? So I called this number. I've got his cell number and he doesn't have that phone anymore. So I, I, t- I he kept answering yeah. and hanging up. So I thought, well, Jesus doesn't know who I, you know, he's not, re- he's not connecting me with my number when I'm calling him. So I sent this big, long uh, text message referencing Cuba. This. And this person wrote back and said, you know, don't text me anymore. I'm not in Cuba. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know anything about Cuba. Anyway, so here's a deal. So the third and last, I have gone out into the future and I picked three listeners of the month. So, and is it true that, so we only had three that responded? I'll say that again. Did we have (laughs) two (laughs) responded? That's the reason. That's why he's he's Judge Jerry right there. He figured that stuff out, man. Yeah, that's and can't hide nothing from Judge Jerry. No. And one no. of them you went out and tried to get on the show. No, I didn't. Want... No, oh. I, I, I really didn't. The, so the third one, the third one, like me, it's somebody from Ohio, is an executive producer. 
of another <laughs> podcast. But in the conversation about this person being the listener of the month, and I, I did select this uh, guy, he said, hey, we want to have you on our podcast, which is called The Nature Guys. And it is a show about nature. And he said, we want you on our show because you're an expert on Bigfoot. Oh, no. And I said, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. I remember that podcast. So I wrote, yeah, I mean, real fast, I wrote an article about Bigfoot because I, for the Cincinnati Magazine, I a feature article and I had studied as to whether anybody in this Ohio, Kentucky, Indiana area believed in Bigfoot. And it turns out there are a lot of groups that, that are hunting Bigfoot. So I went with some of them in search of Bigfoot. They did a bunch of other stuff. And so because of that article, uh, they want me on their show. I am seen as an esteemed expert on uh, bipedal. <laughs> so we can do it. Do you believe that there's Bigfoot? Do I believe there's Bigfoot? Yeah. Hell hell no. Yeah. Yeah. No. But you did, didn't you? You went on and on during the podcast with this incredible story that sucked everybody in. Oh, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's just awful story. I'm just kidding. I know. I know. It's horrible. (laughs) That's just me being a punk. But uh, yeah. not, and in fact, I, I even said in this, and, and by the way, momentarily, we're going to ask Jerry for his weekly thought from home because he does these wonderful uh, commentaries, if you will. And by the way, tonight, uh, Maria is our musical guest. And let me just Woo! mention on that real fast. And, uh, or pardon me, Casey is our musical guest. I was oh, like, yeah. okay, fine. Oh. <laughs> Oh, Casey just sure. like he got rolling bumped. with it. We'll just uh, roll. Around. Casey <laughs> was going, What the man? Hey, man, I'm supposed to do hey, And by the way, let me explain to the listeners uh, one other thing. Is that plural? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> to all the listeners of all the months. Um, we, since we have been in this unique situation of doing these podcasts from our respective homes, uh, we have uh, taken advantage of the fact that Casey, who is our music coordinator and a singer songwriter, and we have featured him a lot. And we've done the same with Maria, our co-host, who is also a singer songwriter. And we love uh, doing that with them and may do it some more, but we're also going to kind of merge in some other people who uh, we know who are great singer songwriters to build in even more variety. So, uh, just to kind of give you a preview of coming stuff. Uh, but anyway, if you uh, let me make one final pitch and then I want to ask Jerry to make some comments here. Uh, please, if you would like to be, we, we've got this now jump started, this listener of the month. And <laughs> I think it's going to be uh, fun for us and possibly fun for you. So please, Gene at Jerry Springer. <laughs> And we'll look forward next week to talking <laughs> to Jason Comins. He is going to be our guest from Australia. He's in oh, wow. Well, wait a second. Are they what time are they on? I've what talked time to are we going to have to said, do this? He said we're going to do it our time, and it's going to be in the morning their time the following day. The, yeah. 
yeah, yeah the, the, the next day. Yeah. And uh, he uh, is going to grab some time uh, while he's at work because that's his. That's the reality. It turns out when he realizes it, it's going to be like I don't know, eight o'clock in the morning. There he says, "I'll get it worked out." So and what are you going to? What are you going to talk to him about? Oh, how he listens to our podcast. Well, it, it, it's more of an opportunity for him to be heard and get introduced. Well, you know, be a, just a brief thing. He gets to hang out with us. Put it that way. Oh man, what a thrill! We can ask him what the future is like because he's come calling us from. That's right. Ooh. Yeah. Will I still be around tomorrow? I'm going to ask him. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. So he's just going to. We'll just say hello to him. He says hello yeah. to us, and well, wait. You know, we can goof around with him about Australia, and uh, it's going to be. Oh, I think it's going to be great that we have a listener in Australia. I understand why you have to go listener of the month because you couldn't be sure that we get a listener if you did it by the week. But within a month, we should get one listener. Not a challenge? <laughs> oh, game I'm on. just asking. Is that a challenge? <laughs> I can oh. stack them up one oh, a week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's take them on. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> hey, Jerry. Yeah. Uh, what have you been thinking about this week? Because there's still so much going on. The oh, beat goes yeah. on. Yeah, I... I thought this week, uh, just because the events are happening so quickly, it's almost on some of these issues. I worry that if I talk about it, by the time people listen to it, it's the next day and something else has happened. But uh, I wanted to talk about, is it an issue who Biden chooses as a running mate? And does any of that matter? Uh, Biden has said that he's going to pick a running mate uh, by the beginning of August, which frankly is is normal. In other words, normally a running mate of a non-incumbent is chosen at about the time of the convention, sometimes even historically at the convention. So it's not weird that he hasn't chosen anybody yet. But the question is, how significant is his choice? I mean, if we're honest about it, people don't vote based on who the vice president's going to be. Trump is the issue this year. In fact, more than any other election, this is about one person. And so how people vote will be based on how they feel about Trump. Now, a Trump voter isn't suddenly going to say, wow, I love Biden's pick, therefore I won't vote for Trump this time. Nor is someone who hates Trump going to say, well, I, you know, I'm can't stand who Biden picked as a running mate. So this time, even though I hate Trump, I'll vote for him. So clearly who he chooses is not going to change one vote. I said, it's not going to change any vote. So then why does it matter? The Trump vote, though small, though nowhere near a majority, is, if nothing else, certainly steady. It has no growth potential. No one who didn't vote for him last time is suddenly going to say, wow, he's done a great job. America is so much better off now than it was four years ago this time. I'm going to vote for him. Of course not. So his vote's going to be pretty much the same as it was last time. In fact, probably a little bit less. So then why do people say he's still got a chance to win? Because even though his vote is static, whether he wins or loses will be based on how many people who don't want him which is clearly a majority of the nation, how many of them 
actually come out to vote. The Trump vote is a constant. This is no longer a debate on whether Trump is a good president and, gee, should I vote for him? The American people as a whole have decided he's a disaster. This entire campaign over the next four and a half months is about whether the anti-Trumpians turn out to vote. How excited are they? Or are they so beaten down by the assault this administration has levied on our institutions, on our democracy, on we the American people, that we just no longer care? We've dropped out. America doesn't matter anymore. We give up. And of course, we can't afford to give up which means every decision made by Biden must be made with an eye on who and what help turn out the vote. I dare say more than any other time since 1960, when Kennedy chose Lyndon Johnson, which enabled him to win Texas, without which Kennedy would have lost to Nixon, why this time a choice of running mate may determine the outcome of the presidential election the first time since 1960. Now, understanding this, Biden must select someone who could give the ticket some excitement and inspire some people to come out and vote, who otherwise might not. Let's be honest here. Biden is reasonable, safe, and smart, but he's hardly inspirational. So recognizing what he needs, how does he go about choosing? Obviously, or what should be obvious, the pick must certainly be someone who is ready to step in and be a president and leader of the free world on day one. And with Biden being 78, the increased chances of his being incapacitated, requiring a vice president to step in, frankly, can't be ignored. So a running mate able to assume the office should be an obvious qualification. But truthfully, it hasn't always been. For example, when FDR ran for an unprecedented fourth term in 1944, he was already in failing health. In fact, he would die a few months later. But inexplicably, Roosevelt gave no thought as to who should succeed him. In fact, he left that decision to his advisors, who in turn gave little thought to who was qualified to step in on day one. So they picked Truman, who Roosevelt hardly knew who he rarely met with, and thereafter, he kept Truman out of any deliberations or presidential decisions. The consequence of that inattention was that on the day Roosevelt died and Truman was sworn in, Truman knew nothing about America having developed an atomic bomb. What plans we had for bringing World War II to a close. To be honest, nothing about anything a president would have to decide. And yet, within four months of becoming president, he, Truman, would have to decide whether to drop the atom bomb, a decision which would, and in fact did, change the world forever. As it turned out, the choice of Truman was a good one. But that was pure luck, and has reminded everyone since that a choice of vice president must be dealt with seriously. And truthfully, it has been. Except when Bush 41 chose Dan Quayle, a young senator of no particular experience or maturity, Bush chose Quayle because he'd been living under a shadow of Reagan as his vice president, and he wanted to make sure that he was now viewed as the real leader 
and wanted no running mate that would steal his spotlight. With Quayle, that was assured. And one other example, yes, there was Sarah Palin, McCain's pick in 08, obviously not qualified and damaging to McCain's chances. But truthfully, no one was going to beat Obama in 08 anyway. But every other running mate since 1960, whatever we might think of their performance, for example, with Cheney, every one of them were certainly prepared to step into the Oval Office if necessary. So understanding that Biden's choice of running mate must be someone who in fact can be president, who if that qualification can help bring people to the polls who might otherwise not vote. That is what is necessary. Someone who could be president and who can bring people to the polls who otherwise might not vote. Trump doesn't need to, Trump doesn't need to excite his base. They'll vote for him no matter what he does. His vote is fixed in concrete. He can't gain any votes and he can't lose any. On the other hand, Biden, whose base is already a majority of the American people, he just needs to excite them. And with what's going on in the world right now, with Trump imploding, it's pretty clear who Biden's base is. Beyond the non-racist and educated, his base is young, female, liberal, and black. So how do you bring these people out? It's hard to predict with anything near certainty who that person will in fact be, because the vetting process in today's world of social media, where everything is known or can be made public, the vetting process may remove someone from consideration who otherwise we would believe was perfect. Putting that aside, I've got no one personally to suggest other than the usual suspects, Senator Kamala Harris, Congresswoman Val Demings, Atlanta Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms, former National Security Advisor Susan Rice, Senator Elizabeth Warren. Who then among these should Biden choose? First, considering the current times our country is trying to navigate and the obstacles Trump presents to our nation's multicultural vision and mission, to not pick an African-American woman would well be considered a slap in the face of what we as a party stand for. Now, I wouldn't choose Atlanta Mayor Keisha Bottoms, though she's obviously perhaps the brightest star of all, but she's a mayor. And practically speaking, until the very day of this election, she will be vulnerable to whatever happens on the streets of Atlanta. Simply put, she's at the mercy of events that she may have nothing to do with but could quickly be turned into a political liability for the whole ticket. If something happens in Atlanta a week before the election, she'll have to answer to that, and that could be detrimental. In this election, it may be an unnecessary risk to take. Now, as for the other African-American women being considered, there is another factor unique to this year's election. Because of the pandemic, and the various shelter-in-place orders and restrictions on traditional campaigning, Biden should pick someone who is already nationally well-known. There's no time to get someone relatively unknown to become a household name and an inspiration while that person is confined to Zoom conference calls, 
You see, the rules are different this year. And considering all this, the need to choose a running mate who is ready to be president should the need arise, an African-American woman, bright, inspirational, charismatic, and specifically already nationally known. Senator Kamala Harris should be the perfect choice. Biden-Harris in 2020, the perfect antidote to Trump. And in the sweetest irony of all, Biden-Harris, that would be the first step toward making America great again. That was a really good point about needing to be nationally known, Jerry. That's something I don't think I'd really thought about. Yeah, I, I just think because I see even with Biden, you know, these guys are sitting in their basement or like us. You're not going to be able to go out and turn on a crowd and do any of that traditional stuff. Yeah. So, if, you know, we could find, for example, I think um, uh, Susan Rice is incredibly well qualified, you know. Wow. Mm-hmm. But there are not enough Americans that really know her. And, yeah. uh, that's, it, you know, she's not going to get that coverage. Yeah. Um, well, moving on over to the music portion here. Um, and as Jean said, Casey Campbell is our musical guest tonight. It's been uh, kind of interesting, Casey. I, I love how we've been kind of bopping back and forth, sharing our, our, our little musical talents here during this time of quarantine. Uh, and we're happy to yeah. have, have you uh, on this week, too, again. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's been fun trading back and forth and chatting yeah. music and the like. It's um kind of a you know I know that pretty much all of our plans as musicians have have been put on hold <laughs> for now, and it's almost even silly to be asking what are your future plans. But are there any for now? I guess. Um, that that's a good question, and it it kind of for me it kind of floats. Uh, yeah, it kind of floats. Uh, kind of day to day and week to week still for me, I'm not, uh, actively booking for, you know, the, the immediate future, the coming couple few weeks, not, I'm not booking. Um, you know, again, my kind of, I think my threshold is when I feel comfortable and when I feel like it's going to be a plausible thing to get back to, you know, some kind of safe and comfortable show quality, then I'll be ready to to do it. But, you know, with, yeah, you know, with cases rising still and with state by state kind of making its mind up on what it's going to do and uh, evidence showing that, you know, (laughs) singing is about the antithesis of what we need to be doing right now, as far as projecting, you know, (laughs) particles into the air. I mean, these things are, these things just lead to some real concerns. And so uh, as much as it hurts, it, it's, I really don't see much. I don't see much live music in my future for the rest of the year, yeah. frankly. But uh, still, hold out some hope. For I don't, and I don't know about you, but I've I've been getting like um, a bunch of uh, requests for to play gigs, and I don't know if this is you as well, but it's like people will be hitting me up about gigs, and then it'll be like way less guarantees, which are like the money that they're oh, yeah. offering you. It's like ridiculous, like ridiculous guarantees. And it'll be like, you know, play four four hours. And it's like, I don't know. I wonder if that's yeah, like this four whole thing. Hours it's for like, bucks yeah, it's almost like I want to even play for, like, I wouldn't 
I'd want to play for more because it's like I'm risking, you know, <laughs> we're like risking our lives and other people's lives yes. to go out there and play in a way. It's weird. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. And, you know, along those lines, uh, you know, Live Nation, the the nation's largest concert goer kind of organization, mm-hmm. they've announced that they're going to be cutting their uh, their fees toward That's artists. Right for uh 2021 and they're actually working to try to defer the uh risk of cancellation and stuff onto the artists so they're actually sort of doubling down on on the backs of the people that are going to choose to play which just seems as i mean that's just kind of a stab that's you know kicking someone while they're already down i mean so many artists right now are wishing you know, I saw I saw a post from David Crosby of Crosby, Stills and Nash, you know, and he, you know, he said so many people would think a, a man of his age and of his level of, of his caliber would just be stinking rich. And he's like, I'm a working musician, you know, and I'm still making money off of getting in front of people. And, you know, as much as he wishes he could, he can't and he won't. Um, and with concert, with with the large promoters like that, I mean, you know, small it's it's a it's a hard line to walk because you know with small venues and everybody trying to figure out the landscape i i really i do understand where you know some people are coming from saying you know the money may not the guarantee may not be what it used to be and i i really do understand that and and that's a hard that's a hard pill to kind of swallow but it is kind of is what it is but when the multi-million dollar you know corporate megalith that is live nation that puts on the largest of shows is now trying to you know put the risk the monetary risk associated with upcoming shows onto the artists back and saying that they're going to be responsible for cancellation fees and they're going to be responsible for this and that and the other that you know it's kind of a slap in the face to an industry that's already really hurting. yeah so uh, unfortunately uh, it is i agree oh go ahead what was that no i was oh, just no, thinking it, if yeah. they if they uh if there is an outdoor concert someplace is it going to be the same thing that uh trump did in other words will the people that come to the concert have to sign a waiver that either the or entertainers or the i mean the performers or the um the promoters can't be held liable i mean i just think there's a no yep. there's, there's great work in it for us lawyers but it, it, yeah, <laughs> so true. but no, I, I, that's just, that is crazy. And, yeah. And yeah. It, you know, and I, you know, Jerry, you're right. Is that it legally, there are a lot of obstacles that are kind of oh. moving forward here on, um, uh, on, on who, who is going to bear some of that liability and, you know, do, is it, is it simply just the, the risk of the audience member saying I'm going to go or is, or is there a liability on an, a, on a, a venue or something, you know, with so many, and with so many stipulations that will have to be held to according to yeah, regulations I, and things like that. I mean, it's, it's a really murky area right now. It is. I mean, and you know, I kept thinking, you know, not to make this political again, but I, I, I actually thought with the, with the Trump, um, thing in Tulsa this past weekend, what the people that went to it weren't thinking about is they signed a release 
that they wouldn't sue Trump or, you know, the, the Republican Party for the thing. But if someone else got sick because this person went to the Trump rally and went back to their neighborhood and got someone else sick, that person could sue the person who went because yeah. the person who went knew that there was the possibility of getting it sick in other words, because they signed the release. That is evidence. In other words, if I decided to go to that rally and I signed a release saying I'm not going to hold Trump responsible if I get sick, I am recognizing that this is dangerous what I'm doing. But now I go home and I get Gene sick. Gene could sue me. Who chose not to go to that event for that reason. Man, I think we could pay for the addition to this house. (laughs) 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 No. No, that's terrible. I'm sorry. But I mean, you, you ain't too, you're not too far off, though, truly. I mean, that, yeah. that's, a, that's, a, that's a wormhole that you can go down quick of, I mean, of who is going to bear that responsibility, especially when, you know, Indiana or some, one of these states who's just really being the Wild West of dealing with COVID. I mean, who, they may open back up and say, yeah. oh, full restriction, you know, full, full capacity, bring 500 people into a room, bring 1,000 people into a room for a concert. And then what happens when one of those, one of those concerts turns into 200 cases, you know? Yeah. You have some real issues that, that, that are going to have to be addressed uh, eventually. And uh, it's, yeah. And for all of those reasons, <laughs> it, that leads to my comfort level of just being very oh, low right now, being I, in front of people, you know. Joking aside, I totally understand you guys, the position you're taking. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I would say as your yeah. friend, stop it. Don't do it. You know, yeah. Uh, put on put on your mask instead and ro- rob a bank. That's, <laughs> that's looking better and better yeah. every day. That's yeah, like, those masks. I, I got a couple. <laughs> <laughs> we were <laughs> yeah and kind of like you know like keep doing like honestly what we're doing right here is like sharing music through through like a podcast or technology or something like that because that's really all we can do right now so uh, with that being said casey what um what song are you going to share with us this evening well, uh, tonight I'm gonna uh, we're gonna play a song actually from the band, from my band Buffalo Wobs and the Price Hill Hustle. Uh, this is a tune that's off of our latest album. It's a song that was uh, written with uh, Matt Wobnitz, my the front man of the band, and Bill Baldock, our bass player. It's called "The Wind." Something a little different for us. It's kind of a, a real gentle, uh, kind of folky ballad sort of song. So that's what we're gonna listen to tonight. All right. Well, we're gonna have our um, we're gonna have our sound guy David go go on and throw that on up there. The wind. All right. Well, I heard that Kansas is a long, long time. Measured by the mile, the road goes on forever. But I saw windmills in the sun, tumbleweeds cut and run, how the pinwheels took their pleasure. 
guys that was um buffalo wads and the price hill hustle as casey mentioned um uh, again we are graced by casey campbell as our musical guest and as you have heard he is much more than just that he has a lot of wonderful things to say um and uh we are happy to have him involved in this podcast uh and we're gonna ask him to go ahead and take us out on down by the riverside and we'll have All right. Jerry join as well. Oh, for sure. All right. Tune up your, tune up your voice, Jerry. Me, 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 me
<laughs> Everybody's got their note. All go. right, here we go. I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's a B. It's a B flat. That's a B. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you all again for yeah. for having me. I sure appreciate you. And, oh, this is great. Uh, this is so. Thanks everybody for listening. No kidding. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. <laughs> oh. Hey, thank you guys so much. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I'm gonna lay down my heavy load down by the riverside, down by the riverside, way down, down by the riverside. I'm gonna lay down my heavy load, y'all, down by the riverside. Sit down by the riverside. I ain't gonna study anymore no more. You've been listening to Tales, Tunes, and Tom Fullery, recorded live at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. Thanks to Patrick Kennedy for writing our opening song, and to you for listening. Check out our website at jerryspringer.com. I'm gonna lay down my sword and shield, down by